Welcome to DBT 16. So we're putting together all of these skills, all these different acronyms, dear man, give, fast, and we're going to be utilizing these in, in several different interpersonal relationships. And, and I think it's important that you understand or come up with a plan on how intensely you want to ask for something or say no to something. So we've worked on saying no, different ways of saying no. And um, today it's important to examine kind of the intensity that one would use in saying no or asking for something. So the intensity goes from low to high. And the low is obviously 1, and the high is obviously 10. So here are some examples of saying no from 1 to 10, with 1 being the lowest. So you, with 1, you might just do what the other person wants without being asked. You might just do it. You're not going to say no. With 2, you don't complain, and you do it cheerfully after they ask you. Three, you might do it even if you're not cheerful about it. Four, you do it, but you show them that you'd rather not. You might be passive-aggressive. Uh, five, you say you would rather not do it, but you do it gracefully. Six, you say no confidently, but you reconsider. Seven, you say no confidently, and you resist saying yes. Eight, you firmly say no, and you resist saying yes. Nine, you firmly say no, you resist, you negotiate, and you keep trying. Or ten, you just plain don't do it. And then for asking, you're asking to get your needs met. You're asking for a favor. You're asking for something from somebody else. So... Number one is the lowest. You don't ask. You don't hint. Number two, you hint indirectly, but you accept the word no. Number three, you hint openly, but you accept the word no. Number four, you ask tentatively, but you accept the word no. Number five, you ask gracefully and accept it if they say no. Number six, you ask confidently, and you accept it when they say no. Number seven, you ask confidently, but you resist the word no. Number eight, you ask more firmly and resist the word no. Number nine, you ask firmly, you insist, you negotiate, and you keep trying. Number ten, you ask, and you will not take no for an answer. So how do you know when you should be intense or not intense? That is the question, right? How do you decide how firmly or intensely you want to be when you're asking for something or saying no? You want to take a few things into consideration. Um, what is your capability or the other person's own capability? What are your priorities? And what's the effect of your actions on your self-respect in this transaction? Um, think about you and the other person's moral and legal rights in the situation. Think about their basic human rights as well. That's the, 
the basic human rights that I gave you in a previous episode. Think about your authority over this person or their authority over you. What type of relationship do you have with this person? What is the effect of your action on long versus short-term goals in this transaction? And what is the degree of give and take in this relationship? Um, Think about whether you've done your homework to prepare for this transaction. And is the timing of your request or refusal appropriate? So is the person able to give you what you want? If the answer is yes, you may want to raise the intensity. Do you have what the other person wants? You might raise the intensity of your word no. Priorities. Are your goals important in this transaction? Then you would increase the intensity. Um, Is your relationship very shaky? If so, you might want to reduce the intensity. Is your self-respect on the line? Intensity should fit your values. Um, Do you usually do things for yourself? Are you careful to avoid acting helpless when you're not? If the answer is yes, raise the intensity of your asking. Will saying no make you feel bad about yourself even when you are thinking about it wisely? If, If your answer is no, then raise the intensity of your answer of no to somebody else. Is the person required by law or moral code to give you what you want? Then, of course, your intensity should increase. Are you required to give that person what he or she is asking for? Would saying no violate that person's rights? So, then you can raise the intensity of your word no if it's not going to violate their rights. And if you're not required by law or any other standard that you have to do something for somebody else. In terms of authority, are you responsible for directing the person or telling the person what to do? Then, of course, your intensity of asking is is higher. Um, If this person has authority over you and is what they're asking you within their limits of authority over you, if, if it's no, then, of course, you intensely say no. But if it's yes, then you decrease your answer of no. Um, in relationships, is is what you're wanting appropriate to this to the relationship? If it's yes, of course you increase your intensity. Um, is this person if what they're asking you is it appropriate to your relationship with them? If the answer is no, then you raise your intensity of saying no. It's all about respecting boundaries. It's all about respecting your boundaries and theirs, your rights and theirs. What is the balance of power? So you want to find that balance and you want to make sure that you're staying true to yourself above all else. Think of the consequences. Um, Think of how it could go well or how it might not go well and how you might handle that. Long-term versus short-term goals. Um, If you're not asking for what you want just to keep the peace, but it creates problems in the long run, then you're going to have to raise the intensity of asking instead of not asking. Um, If you're giving in to keep the peace, is it more important than the long-term health of the relationship? 
Are you eventually going to regret or resent saying no? If the answer is no, then raise the intensity of you saying no. If it's yes, of course, you will decrease it. Um, give and take. What have you done for this person? Are you giving as much as you're asking for? Are you willing to give if the person says yes? And if that is the case, then the, the intensity of you asking them should be increased. Do you owe them a favor? Do they do a lot for you? If the answer is no, then you can give them a hard no. Have you done your homework? Do you know all the facts you need to know to support your request? Are you clear about what you want? If yes, then the intensity of you asking can increase. Is the other person's request clear and direct? Do you know what you're agreeing to? If you don't, and if they're not being clear, then that's a hard no. And the timing. Is this a good time? Is this person in a good mood? Are they open to listening and paying attention to you? Are you catching this person when they're likely to say yes? Then, of course, raise the intensity of your asking. Is it a bad time? Should you hold off answering for a while? Um, is it a bad time to say no? If, if the answer to that is no, of course, you raise your intensity to a hard no. If the answer is yes, then you may want to decrease it. So think about like what you could be doing that is not working in your interpersonal transactions. And before we jump into that, let's take a really quick break. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the must not take yourself too seriously and... 6-1 since that matters. And what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. And we're back. So you want to ask yourself... In troubleshooting, what's not working? Uh, do you have the skills that you need? Do you do you know what skills you need to get what you want? Do you know how to say what you need to say? Are you following your skills and instructions to the letter? Are you following give? Are you following dear man? Are you following acceptance? Um, review what you've already tried in a similar situation or even the same situation that you're trying to get a different result from. Review what you've already tried and maybe even do a chain analysis and really look it over and try to figure out what you can do differently, what skills you need to improve on, and think about the social cues, the timing, the the give and take. You want to consider all of that. Um, and, and also, do you really know what you want in this interaction? Are you feeling undecided? Are you unsure of what your priorities are? Are you having issues with balancing? Are you asking for too much or too little? Do you say no to everything or do you say yes to everything? Um, and, and most importantly, is fear or shame getting in the way of you really understanding what you want and what your priorities are, what your values are. 
If that's the case, there's some serious shame work we have to do. Um, and are short-term goals getting in the way of long-term goals? Are you wanting the satisfaction of right now winning out over anything you might have set goals for in the future? Um, is emotion mind controlling what you do and say right now instead of wise mind? Are your emotions getting in the way of using your skills? Are you getting too upset to use your skills? Are your emotions so high that you're, you're over the breaking point? Are, are you having um, worries, assumptions, and myths that are getting in your way? Are you having thoughts about bad consequences blocking your actions? Like they won't like me or uh, he'll think I'm an idiot or she'll think I'm a weirdo and awkward. Um, are your thoughts about not deserving things getting in the way? Like I'm such a loser, I really don't deserve anything. Or I can never repay this favor so I probably shouldn't ask because I'm worthless. Are you having those terrible self-talk moments. Are you calling yourself names? Are you labeling yourself? I'll fall apart. I'm stupid. I won't do it right. I won't follow through with this plan. I'm such a flake. Like, are, are you calling yourself names? Are you labeling yourself? Um, do you believe the myths about interpersonal effectiveness? Do you believe that if you make a request, it'll show that you're weak? Or do you believe that if you're setting boundaries, you'll come across as a, as a controlling psycho, giving ultimatums to people? Um, that's not true. Is, it the envi is the environment more powerful than your skills? Are these people who have what you want or need more powerful than you? Are they more in control? Uh, will others be threatened if you get what you want? And do, do others have reasons for not liking you if you get what you want? So those are troubleshooting things to consider. And now to the big juicy hamburger of this situation, relationships. So finding and getting people to like you. And remember the basic assumption that all human beings are good and lovable. And at the same time, finding friends takes effort on your part and it's not easy. So look for people who are close by. Look for people who are similar to you. Work on conversation skills. Ask and respond to questions. Respond with a little more info than requested. Make small talk. Don't underestimate the value of chit-chat. Self-disclose self skillfully. Keep your self-disclosures close to that of the other person. Don't interrupt. Don't over-talk. Learn things. Learn new things to talk about. Watch other people read, increase your activities and experiences. You want to you have a lot more to talk about than just simply yourself. People get tired of hearing you talk about yourself all the time. And if you're uh, the type who wants to talk about yourself constantly, um, basically that's, that's narcissistic and people get very turned off by that very quickly. 
you want to talk about yourself when they ask you questions about yourself, but you don't want to insert your life story into a chapter that was talking about nature and gardening. You know, you want to be careful with that. <coughs> Express liking selectively. So we usually like people who we feel like us. Express genuine liking for the other person. Don't try to suck up to them or grovel or be a brown noser, but just find things to compliment that are not super obvious. Um, don't praise them too much too often. That's like love bombing and it creeps us all out. So we don't want to do that. And don't, don't use compliments to obtain favor or, you know, manipulate. So try to compliment them more on just how they look as well. I know sometimes we might be listening to somebody talk and think, my God, that person's just beautiful. Look at the silky, shiny hair and the nice full lips and the beautiful eye color and bone structure. My God, just how are you so beautiful? You don't want to just go on and on about how beautiful they are. That's creepy. You could tell them, you know, wow, you're beautiful. Yeah, you're a beautiful person inside and out. And you want to focus on their traits and personality and talents and stuff as well. Don't just focus on the superficial. Join an ongoing group conversation. Um, sometimes making that first move is going to help you in finding friends. That requires you how to know if a group is open or closed and when it's open and how to approach and join in an ongoing group. Figure out if a group is open or closed. Open groups, everybody is standing somewhat apart. Members are occasionally glancing around the room. There are gaps in the conversation. Members are talking about a topic of general interest. In a closed group, everybody's close together. Members attend exclusively to each other. There's a very animated conversation with very few gaps, and members seem to be pairing off. So this is if you want to join group therapy or some other type of group. Um, maybe it's a group that has to do with life skills of another nature or a crafting, um, a crafting thing or a hobby. Um, figure out how to join an open group conversation. So you would move gradually closer to the group. And it may not be clear from the showness of your approach that you want to join. It might even look as though you're creeping up and trying to eavesdrop. So moving gradually towards them is kind of stalkerish. Um, if you want to join them, just walk right up and say, Hi, my name is whatever. What's your name? And I couldn't help overhear your conversation and I found it intriguing and I just wanted to join. Is it okay that I'm here or am I interrupting? Um, Offer to refill somebody's glass or get them food. Maybe there's food or drink involved, coffee, cupcakes, whatever. You could say, hey, do you want more coffee? Um, that could be overdoing things a little bit. So, you know, what are you going to do if they refuse and say, no, thank you? Um, it wouldn't be real clear that you're trying to join the group, right? Um, you could stand beside them and chip in on their conversation that might seem rude. They haven't invited you to join them. What exactly are you going to say when you chip in? So, you know, like I just mentioned, you might say, hi, 
my name is uh, Liz and I overheard your conversation and I just found it so interesting. And do you mind if I join the conversation or am I intruding? And um, see what they say. If they tell you, oh, this is a private chat, you know, you could say, okay, I'm sorry. No, you know, didn't mean to interrupt my apologies and walk away and don't take it personally. They don't know you. So, um, wait for a break in the conversation, stand beside a friendly looking person and say something like, mind if I join you, this makes your intention clear. It doesn't seem rude and it doesn't interrupt the conversation. Group members can then choose whether they would like to introduce themselves or not. Identifying skills to find people and get them to like you. So let's think about what the most effective response would be. There are two columns here. Realize that good relationships, good relationships depend on what you do. Think of relationships in vague or abstract terms. Which one is more correct in terms of DBT and having an effective response? Realizing that you're good at relationships and that depends on what you do or thinking that relationships are vague and abstract. Would you say nothing or everything about yourself regardless of what other people reveal? Or would you disclose roughly the same amount of personal information to others as they disclose to you? So, of course, the correct answer is the latter. Um, do you keep good opinions of others to yourself? Or if you like others, do you let them know? And, of course, you want to let them know. Okay. Friendships last longer when you are mindful. Think about people you've known throughout your life. Think about the people you liked and the people that didn't really bother you when they disappeared from your life. So the people that we like are the ones who validate us. They give. They give. They validate us. They're they're kind. They listen. They're interested. When you walk away from them, you feel good. You feel uplifted. You feel kind of energized. Like, wow, that was a cool experience. That was really positive. I like that person. Um, and that's, that's because they were mindful. They were mindful. They weren't, they weren't multitasking. They gave you their complete focus. They were validating. They respected boundaries and rights and they were a positive experience for you. So, that's what you have to be. You have to be that uplifting, kind, validating, positive experience for others in order for them to want to gravitate to your, your presence again. Okay. So you want to observe, you want to be open-minded, you want to participate, you want to be easygoing, go with the flow. You don't want to stop somebody and say, Oh my God, I'm so offended by what you just said. You don't want to act like that. Um, if something somebody says offends you, make a mental note. And you could say to yourself, you know, for example, this person uses the N-word a lot. I don't want to hang out with this person. That word really makes my skin crawl. I just don't want to hang out with that person. And then be kind, be graceful. You don't have to school them on why they shouldn't use that word. Um, I'm sure they've already heard it before and they really don't care. So, um, you know, be kind, be graceful, be classy, 
and make that your last interaction with that person. Or if that's a person that's going to be in your life that you can't exactly get rid of, um, you gray rock that person. You become so boring to them that they just don't want to talk to you. So that way you don't seem rude or anything when you step away and find somebody else to engage with. But don't get hung up on somebody else's words or behavior because you have no control over them. You can only control you. And getting upset with them and screaming at them and throwing a fit only hurts you. It doesn't hurt them. They'll probably go home and make fun of you. So let that be a quick lesson. Just if something about another person does not click with you, you are under no obligation to continue to engage with them. Okay. You have that right. Let's talk about ending relationships. This is a tough one, guys. This is a tough one. Nobody wants to be the jerk and break up with somebody or end a relationship. And it's hard. It's heartbreaking because something that has been part of your life or part of you is now ending and it's going away. And it might feel like abandonment or self-sabotage. It might feel wrong because... Maybe you have the belief that we just shouldn't throw people away. We should try to work through whatever is happening. And sometimes the healthiest thing you can do is end a relationship with somebody. Because we're, you know, some people are placed in our lives to help us grow and then they're meant to move on. We're not meant to cling to and hold on to every single relationship. So destructive relationships especially... Um, it's, we have to let those go. So they have the quality of destroying or completely spoiling the quality of the relationship and, or aspects of yourself, your body, your safety, your self-esteem, your integrity, your happiness, your peace of mind, your ability to care for and trust others. Um, that's a destructive relationship. That's with your toxic, abusive, physically abusive, verbally abusive, neurotic, um, narcissist. Sometimes borderlines can be this way too. Sometimes it's you who is, um, engaging in the destruction of the relationship. So whether it's you or somebody else who has this effect on yourself, um, that's a relationship that you have to end. An interfering relationship is one that blocks or makes difficult you pursuing your goals that are important to you. Um, it blocks or makes difficult your, your ability to enjoy life and do what you like to do and your relationship with the other person or the welfare of others that you love. Um, this is the person that inserts themselves in the middle of everything you're doing and they block it. Again, this is a toxic, narcissistic type of person. And the more you stay with them, the more you lose you. Those are relationships you need to end. They're not respecting your boundaries. They don't respect you as a human being. Uh, they see you as an extension of themselves. And they want you to be one of their little flying monkeys. They want you to... They want to control you. They want to smash you down. They don't lift you up. They don't help you to grow in a positive way. 
Uh, of course, we grow from negative experiences, but why not try to grow from positive experiences more, more so than negative, right? So you've gotten into wise mind and you've decided to end a relationship. And why do you have to get into wise mind? Because we can't make decisions when we're emotionally flooded. We cannot make a decision that we feel confident about when it's based on just emotion. You have to get yourself into that wise mind state. And sometimes that means taking a little break from the relationship and getting your head together and working out that, the pros and cons and working out how you want to word it when you decide to let them know that you feel it's healthiest to end this relationship. So if the relationship is important and not destructive, and there's a reason to hope it could be improved, try your problem-solving skills. Try to repair the difficult relationship. Put in all of your effort. However, you have to give yourself a point of reference in which you know you have done your very best and it's okay to give yourself permission to walk away. So you want to cope ahead to troubleshoot and practice ending the relationship ahead of time. It's like dress rehearsal, you know, you're rehearsing how you want to do it, how you want to say it, where, when, all of those aspects. You want to be direct. You want to use dear man, give and fast. You want to practice opposite action for love when you find you're loving the wrong person. Let me say that again. That is so profound. Practice opposite action for love when you find you love the wrong person. Am I telling you to hate them? Absolutely not. That would not be healthy for you. The opposite action for love. Think about when we love somebody. We might compromise our boundaries a little. We go out of our way to show them how much we love them. We want to ease their suffering when they're having a bad day. We make our world revolve around them a little bit, you know, or a lot. The intensity all depends on you, you know. Are you just clinging to and suffocating this person? Just, I love them so much. Oh my God, I just want to hold them all day. I I got rid of all my friends because they were trying to take away too much time from me and this person. And this person is my freaking world. You're crazy in love. And the opposite of that is you're not going out of your way to do everything for them anymore. You stop making their lunches for work. You stop sending them text messages saying, I love you. I love you. I love you. Um, you realize that they are hurting you. They are smashing your boundaries. They are not respecting you. So you pull back and it's the same as what I just talked about with sharing only as much as the other person is sharing when you're, when you're disclosing personal information, right? It's the same with love. If you're feeling like they're just taking and taking and taking and they're not reciprocating the loving behavior back, then that goes back to words are shit unless there's action to back it, okay? So you're going to do the opposite of love when you find that you love the wrong person. 
you're going to pull back, you're going to dive head first back into your friends and your support group, you're going to work through processing all of those thoughts and feelings and emotions in, in therapy. You're going to stop making your world revolve around this person who is sucking the life out of you. Get back to working on you and what makes you happy. And do all of those loving, kind things for yourself that you used to do for that other person while neglecting yourself. Get back to you. Get back to the basics. Get back to you. And of course, practice safety first. Before you leave a highly abusive or life-threatening relationship, call a local domestic violence hotline or the toll-free National Domestic Violence Hotline at 1-800-799-7233. You can get help with safety planning and a referral to a qualified professional. Also, check out International Directory of Domestic Violence Agencies at www.hotpeachpages.net. So, identifying how to end a relationship. Effective responses versus ineffective. So, the first one, which one do you think is effective? If a relationship is threatening your integrity or physical well-being, it is probably your fault and you should just see a therapist. True or false? A relationship threatening your integrity or physical well-being is destructive and you should consider getting out of it. Next question, true or false? Most relationships need problem solving in order to work. Or, relationships should be easy. If it's hard to have a relationship with someone, it's probably not worth it and you should just end it. And true or false? If you feel consistently invalidated in a relationship, it's your fault. Or, if you are consistently invalidated, the relationship is likely destructive. All right, so whether you choose to use this information to make up or break up, I hope that it was helpful for you, and I hope you have a very wise mind day because you're worth it, you deserve it, and you rock.